Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. We are glad you are with us here at Crossroads and online. We welcome you and invite you to stand with us as we worship our great God this morning. Can 
Amen. Can we thank our great God? Let's give him a round and lift up the name of Jesus today. Our God is great. Man, you may be seated. You know, I love that song, Our Firm Foundation. There is no other foundation. Amen? Jesus Christ is our foundation, not what happens out there, but what happens with him. Amen? So as we sing that this morning, rejoice in the name of the Lord. Uh, I want to thank everyone that's joining us online as well. I was, uh, you know, when during the opening songs, I'm also on there, and I, I try to say hi because, you know, I really miss a lot of our people. And uh, I want you to know, folks that are at home, we, we love you, we're praying for you, and uh, we're glad that you're gathering with us today. I want to share with you one story of somebody that has been gathering. One fellow in our church, Charlie, is a, is a great guy in our church, Charlie Cessna, and he gathers a few people in his home. And uh, I stopped by his house this week, and he was telling me that he has a 60-inch TV screen, and he invites the neighborhood people over. And he has breakfast for them. And then they watch church. And so we have a micro church, folks. That's one of our micro churches. And we didn't even know we had it out there. So you hear them talk about micro schooling. We have micro churches out there. Can we thank God for what God is doing? Amen. Charlie also lost his daughter this week. And uh, I want you to be praying for Charlie. And uh, she's 30 years old, went on to be with the Lord. I want you to just keep Charlie in prayer. And uh, Charlie, I know you're watching right now. I want you to know that we love you and we're praying for you. Um, just uh, Let's just continue to, uh, to lift up the name of the Lord. We're so thankful for all that we have uh, the options to do here. God's given us the opportunity to worship him, to praise him, whether you're at home online, here at the church. Our Canopy Kids Children's Ministry is, uh, has been open on the 9.30 hour. And I want to share with you that we're also providing things online for them. So there's options for children online. If you go to the Canopy Kids, uh, on, there's resources for Canopy Kids. And I think we have a slide for that. Canopy Kids online. And so if, uh, if you'll go to that on our website, you'll see Canopy Kids online. Uh, you can get that for your children. So whether they're here or you're at home, we want to be able to still connect with your children. So that is uh, a great option for you as well. And then uh, on uh, this Wednesday night, we're going to be having our, uh, our prayer gathering at 7 o'clock. We meet here in the auditorium, and we gather for prayer every week. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to uh, we, we, we meet in here. But it's just me and Luke, or me and a few people. And so uh, we're going to be doing that online. We're continuing that. And so some people will catch us live. Some people will catch us uh, and watch it later on demand. So I want to encourage you as we join together in prayer. We seek the face of the Lord, and we're praying for your request. So uh, you, can, you can type in in real time. We have a time of praise where you can type in real time. We have a time of prayer request. And as you offer request, not only do we get to pray for them, but everybody else who's joining in gets to pray for you. So I want to encourage you as we go through this journey together, let's keep seeking the face of the Lord. And uh, I know that that will be the big engine that's going to drive our church is meeting with God and seeking him as we've been looking through the word of God lately. And then also on Tuesday evenings, I want to remind you on Tuesday, weather permitting, we have a car cruise up here. Of course, they social distance pretty well outside. They hang out there, and, uh, and you can always come into the gymnasium. They have hamburgers and different things like that. You can get a, an our concession stand. So I, wanna, I just want to encourage you with all those things that are happening. And uh, let's be in prayer as we continue to uh, watch God do his work, as we continue to regather and uh, just watch how God is going to continue to work. 
I want to share with you one exciting thing that's been happening, our gymnasium. You know, when you come up the hill, you see our gymnasium. I'll never forget, I told somebody to come up and, uh, come up to the church one time. They said, all I saw was a garage. And they thought it was a garage out there, all right? And that garage has been there since 1980, I think. And uh, we've done, uh, in recent days, we've been slowly upgrading it. We've, uh, we've put in new bathrooms. They're some of the best bathrooms I've seen from here to downtown Pittsburgh. They're beautiful. And, uh, and then we put in a brand new kitchen this year. We're refurbing the upstairs rooms, the entranceway. And so the next thing that we're about ready to do is we're going to actually put some, some, uh, some, I call it real HVAC, right? We have those Resner heaters in the gym over there. We're going to put some uh, heating and air conditioning in there so that whenever we go to use it for a, a meeting, that you can actually hear, you know. We've been over there, and I'm trying to have a meeting. We're trying to gather our team together around a dinner, and all of a sudden he kicks on. It's just like, wow, okay, maybe we won't do that again. So we're going to be we're going to be upgrading that. There's going to be a new HVAC going in there. We're going to take the outside, give it a facelift. We're going to uh, get rid of the garage look. We're going to put some new siding on it, some stone accents. And we're really excited about this opportunity. And then eventually a new floor inside. So I'm throwing that out. I'm going to ask you to pray for us as we go along the journey. It's, uh, it's exciting that we're able to do this because as we're, as we're working now, and I realize that things are slow moving here, but I'm looking on the other side of the pandemic, aren't you? I know that God, you know, we don't know when this will be done, but we know it will be done. There is an end to this. And we want to continue to reach our community for Christ. So I would like to ask you to pray as we go along the journey. We, we have some funds to get started on that. And if you'd like to give to that, you can give and just give it as gymnasium renovation. And, uh, and you'll hear more details about this coming out in the next few weeks. But uh, I'm pretty excited about that, aren't you? Let's give God a hand. We thank God for, for what he's able to do. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. You know, I envision you know, re- using basketball to reach our community. Uh, our young people over there, our mops groups. I know mops tried to meet over there. They couldn't hear. I mean, it, they, they were freezing and they couldn't hear. And so we're looking forward to giving all kind of options for, uh, for, for ministry uh, and multi-purpose. So it'll be youth, multi-purpose. will be a little bit of everything over there. So if you'll join me in prayer for that. And I want to say thank you for your faithful giving. God has just been so good to our church. When we understand that God is our provider, we come and we seek God. And he provides. And that's what he's been doing. And so I'm just so thankful. And as your pastor, I'm thankful to, uh, to just walk the journey with you because God's been so good to us. And uh, we're still meeting lots of needs in the community. We're doing a lot of work, talking with people. And, you know, people are really wearing a little bit thin now, don't you think? Like this, is a, this has been a journey for many people. And so as we walk this journey, I, I want to encourage you just to keep ministering and loving and caring for people because the church is not about a few people ministering. The church is about all of us ministering. And God's placed you out there where there's people who need you. And you are, think about this, God put you in that stay-at-home job right now for such a time as this so that you can encourage somebody with a word over the phone. Uh, he, he, he placed you in the job where you're going into work now for such a time as this so that you can be his light in this tremendous time of darkness. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, as we give today, giving is uh, through online, through the boxes on the wall or through the mail. But uh, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you, Lord. You've been so good to us. God, we're just so thankful for the, uh, the way that you're moving, Lord. We thank you for your provisions here at the church. 
God, we thank you for the, um, the provision for our soul, the provision for our mental state, for our social state, our emotional state. God, you have been good to us. And we cannot deny the goodness of God. We can look at the, the terrible things around us, and yeah, there are many terrible things, but none of them can compare to the goodness of God. For your goodness is everlasting. Your goodness is enduring to all generations, even to me and my friends here today. So, God, we thank you for our friends that have gathered online. We thank you for that little, these micro gatherings that are happening all over the place, Lord. Um, God, and I pray that you'll continue to do that work out there. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the, in the midst. So, God, do your work and surprise us like you did this week to let us know that, hey, here's a group of people down the street that, that are, are still concerned, but they're gathering in smaller group fashion, and they're hearing the word of the Lord. So, God, I pray this morning that as, as, as we open your word, that you'll transform our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of of your people. Thankful for your faithfulness, God. You have been so good to us for all generations. In your name we pray. Amen. I shared with you online, I made a little video, and I said that uh, we have a surprise this weekend. We're wrapping up Flannel Graph Faith. So the surprise is that Pastor Jim is going to be speaking. And if you've ever heard him, you know it's a surprise, okay? And, and I got to tell you, Jim's been a mentor in my life. And uh, I, I call him a pillar, and he'll, he'll give you a whole story about that, okay? But, uh, you know, when God places faithful people in your life, you, you thank God for them, don't you? So uh, we're going to sing one more song, and then Pastor Jim's going to give the word. So you at home, if you've never seen Pastor Jim, fasten your seatbelts. All right, let's continue to praise the Lord. It's your breath in a love. 
Soften our hearts as we hear your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen. everyone today. Uh, when Kenny brought up the flannel, or when he started the flannel graph faith series, I brought, brought up a lot of great memories in my life. Uh, I grew up in the Shawlery area and back in the countryside up in Fallowfield Township. And uh, as a little boy, there was a family in the Washington County, if those of you uh, have probably heard of this name, their name's the Lammy family. And they just, they were like, uh, they were godly people who brought Christ to the kids in the elementary schools, into the teenage lives. And uh, this lady that was in our neighborhood was Stella Mae Lammy. And uh, she had a uh, CE club, uh, which is a child evangelism. Now they call them CEFs, Child Evangelism Fellowship. And I would walk. I actually got in a car the other day and, and uh, uh, checked it out. It was over six-tenths of a mile, which isn't a lot. But for a little kid, that's pretty good. And so I'd, I, it's, we would walk almost, uh, uh, I don't know, six, uh, six-tenths of a mile or more, and we would walk up there, and she would do the flannel graph thing, you know? And I, I lost my mind. I really did. I, I'd sit there. I was like, holy cow. It was like, you know, Moses and Noah and Elijah. And, and I just, I ate it up. I lost my mind. So many kids came to Christ because of the CE in the Shawlery, Washington County area. And uh, just godly people just doing their job. I just thank God for them. And you know, it's funny. Kenny, actually, you got involved in that, Kenny, huh? When I had the youth group, it, they just kept doing it. You never hear about it, but they're meeting and kids, brought all these kids in homes. Uh, my mother would do it. She would recruit all these people. But all the kids went. I don't care. Catholic, we all went. And they heard about the stories of the Bible. It was awesome. Now, so what we're going to do here, probably one of the greatest stories, is David and Goliath. And uh, uh, instead of me reading it, you know how Kenny talks about you, gotta, you guys ought to try to use you version. And so I've been converted. I do that. Now, Kenny's an audio list, is that right? audio learner. 
I, I, I got to read the thing. So I read it, but I'm gonna, we're going to play, the, do the audio version, and I'm not going to do the whole 54 verses. We'll do from 32 to, I think, 54, 58. So if you'd be so kind, and listen along. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Don't worry about a thing, David told Saul. I'll go fight this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can go against this Philistine. You are only a boy, and he has been in the army since he was a boy. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine, too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear, will save me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested. I'm not used to them. So he took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in a shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across to fight Goliath. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield-bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He wrote in David. That you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. David shouted in reply. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into a shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face downward to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine giant with only a stone and sling. Since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill the giant and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the Israelites gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Akron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sheol-Rahim as far as Gath and Akron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David took Goliath's head to Jerusalem, but he stored the Philistine's armor in his own tent. As Saul watched David go out to fight Goliath, he asked Abner, the general of his army, Abner, whose son is he? I really don't know, Abner said. We'll find out, the king told him. 
After David had killed Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. Tell me about your father, my boy, Saul said. And David replied, His name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. All right. That's pretty cool, huh? Uh, I didn't realize when we played that it, it, it's acted out. That's even better. Uh, well, hey, you know, Kenny was showing me that uh, there's a lot of people that listen online, and uh, he, we were goofing off a little bit while Ian's were singing here and looking at who was, who was online. And, you know, years ago, there were two girls that were nurses that came, and uh, one, I saw Kenny uh, showed me that one is online, and I didn't, she don't know that I know this, so I won't say her name. But the other one, she, uh, she's in Florida, so I am going to uh, uh, have a little shout-out to this young lady, Leanne and John Hofstetter. Uh, they're down in Florida, and they're watching online right now. And they have two beautiful kids, Brooks and Everly. And uh, she came to church here years ago. Uh, so we're so glad to have her. There's so many people watching online. That's pretty cool. All right, now the background here. These, these, the Philistines uh, with Goliath were a common enemy of the Israelites. Uh, now, the Bible says Goliath, uh, the NLT says he was nine foot tall. There's some talk that, uh, that maybe he was only eight something. So, uh, that, but the point is, he's a big dude, right? And, so, uh, and his armor is 125 pounds. Some say there was more than that. And then his spear was 15 pounds. Now, Goliath issues this challenge. Let me read this to you, verses 8 through 10. This is 1 Samuel 17. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. And then verse 11 says, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now, can you imagine terrified and deeply shaken, you know, like, like we get, you know, in life. But this is really terrified and deeply shaken. You know, uh, in high school, I, I attempted to uh, wrestle. And uh, that was rough, man. And, and I, there were some good teams out in uh, Washington. And this one team is Trinity. They're, I think they're still really good. And I remember we were out there on that mat, and Trinity... They had, we just barely had the uniform, you know. They had those, uh, the, the, the warm-ups, and they were like first class. I think they had three state champions on, I, I think they had three state, one, one kid was named Chapman. You, anybody know about wrestling? This was one bad dude, man. He, he wrestled at Pitt. But anyway, they, we're on the mat. They, they walked around us. No one, you know, no one ever did that. And they kind of just ran around us to warm up, right around us. And I remember I was injured. I, I, I got cut. So I, I didn't wrestle. Thank God. And, 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 and I, w- I was like scared to death. And then we went to McKeesport, and they had a real good kid down there. I forget his name. And uh, right before the, the, you know, the warm-ups, you know, we all starved to death. You have to make weight, you, you know. Believe it or not, I, I kept my jacket just to prove it. I was going to bring it. Uh, I wrestled 138. And uh, same height. If you talk to Debbie, you like you could count on my ribs. So I've increased. Uh, uh, I, I'm not going to tell you how much, but but it's a hundred pounds more. Uh, it, this kid, 
He, you know, and a lot of times, you know, if you wrestle, you, you do all kind of crazy stuff. I won't gross you out to get down to weight. I mean, you weigh yourself before you leave, and if you're an eighth pound off, there's, I could tell you tricks how to lose that eighth pound. And, uh, and, and a quarter pound, there's tricks to do that. You know, there's all kind of crazy stuff. Well, anyway, uh, uh, in fact, I, I think one two-day period, I was running with sweats on and everything in the, in the swimming Area. I lost eight pounds to make weight. Yeah, it's crazy. It should be illegal. Probably is now. But anyway, we're at McKeesport, and this kid comes out and eats a Big Mac right on the middle of the mat. I was like, holy cow. But I got some good news. My, our guy beat him, so that was good. But that's intimidation. And you know, this guy was an intimidator. Let, let's go to Saul here. In 1 Samuel 9, 2, he was tall, the Bible says he was taller than anyone in the land. You know, one time, he was a fierce competitor. He was a fierce military leader, I should say. In 1 Samuel 16, 14, it says God took the spirit away from him, and he gave him a spirit of depression and fear. So you can imagine Saul. I mean, this was bad. Now, since Christ died on a cross... That, that won't happen to us. You, you don't lose the spirit, you know. So, so this was, he was really, I mean, depression and fear. Can you imagine that? I'm kind of an up guy. Once in a while, I feel a little bit down. I, I don't, it drives me crazy. I, can, I have a lot, of, a lot of compassion for those that fight depression. That's got to be so tough. And then fear. So here comes David. He's the youngest of eight boys. He's a teenager. He fed his father's sheep and goats. He was a musician. We don't have time to get into this, but he would comfort Saul. He would play the harp, uh, and he would comfort the king. So that uh, David's dad sent David to the battlefield to give food to his three brothers. He had three brothers that were on the battlefield, and he gave them grain, bread, and cheese, it says. <laughs> don't sound too good to me. but Then Goliath, and so David goes up there, and then the Bible says Goliath, taunted Israel for 40 days, morning and night. And it's, he did this, um, it, the Bible says he strutted, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I, I mean, this is scary to me. He strutted back and forth. And then Saul says, this is not good. So he offers a reward. He offers money, his, his daughter for, uh, as a wife uh, of the king. And then the family got tax exempt. Well, that did nothing. <laughs> you know, if it, it did nothing. Nobody moved. The world's incentives didn't motivate those bad boys. So here comes David. He sees what's going on, and I love this. He goes, who is this pagan Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? And, and, and it's like, you know, where did that come from, you know? So his oldest brother is E-L-I-A-B, Iliab. He has three brothers. The oldest one. He's angry with David. He hears what he sees what he's doing, and uh, he goes and says, um, "Hey, go take care of your sheep. Get out of here." He says, "You're just a prideful, deceitful little runt. Get out of here." And uh, and the Bible also says, and because of time, time, I'm going to rush this a little bit. In in First Samuel sixteen six and seven, that Eliab was tall, and he was good looking too. But but the point, I, I think, I'm taking liberty here. He's probably saying, shut your mouth, brother. You know, they might want me to fight this bird, you know. And, uh, and, and so uh, this is kind of interesting to me. Uh, when, I, when I would learn about Christ, I got so excited. 
And I was telling the group last night, I want to encourage you, please do not discourage the faith of our kids. Um, you know, when I, when I heard these stories, I'd go crazy. And then the, the Christians would say, you better tone it down, boy. Yeah, that's, that's weird. And I'd pray to God, and I'd see things, and I'd say, hey, God has shown me. What? What's wrong with you? And, and, and I want to encourage you, fathers, lead your children to faith in God. Um, the neighbor causes trouble, go to God. Come to your lawyer. Uh, now, I have failed in this, believe me. Uh, and, and, and we have, if your kids can't see God, then shame on us. So I'm going to encourage you. Now, let's say, oh, I haven't done a good job. Start today. God will restore the years that we messed up because he's our redeemer. He's a redeemer. So guys will tell me, well, I've messed up my whole life. That don't matter to God. Start today. Uh, so I want to encourage you. That, that bothers me. <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. In, when these kids, you know, guys will tell me, oh, it's a rough world out there. Well, then go downstairs, and you, tell, you start encouraging our little kids and our boys that there is a God, and, and, and start telling them about David and, and how God's still alive. We're going to make it, you know. And so let me, let me encourage you to do that. Now, David... He's bold, and he has an name with Saul because he's a musician. So he gets, Saul finds out about him shooting his mouth off, so he invites him. He says he wants to talk to him. So David tells Saul, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. <laughs> so Saul's like, oh, my God. He says, you are disqualified, brother. You're only a boy. You're inexperienced. Goliath has been a soldier longer than you've been alive. So David says to Saul, well... I've killed lions. And, and the Bible gets into detail how he did it. He says, I've killed bears. He says, I'll kill this Philistine. And God will deliver me. Oh, I, oh my goodness. Now, Saul, I, I, I was telling Ken, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say why Saul was convinced. But Saul said, okay, go ahead. And I, I can't figure that one out. So David prepares for battle. He, he puts on Saul's armor. It's too cumbersome. Uh, he takes a staff, a sling, and five stones. Now, uh, from what I've read, and a guy could take a three-inch stone, and he could sling it at 60 miles an hour if he knows what he's doing. And I guess the Romans were really good at this. And, and I've even read where the sling was more effective than a bow and arrow. So, in, anyway, uh, David was good at it. Now, here's real faith. The Bible says David moves forward toward the giant. Oh, my goodness. That's unbelievable. You know, we, we do stuff around the church, and, it, you know, when you guys all do stuff at your house, and, and you know how we get. Like, I'm the kind of guy that has to have everything all planned out. Uh, and thank God there's guys in our church uh, like Kenny Meyer, Rich Sherman. I see Ross back there. Uh, last night, Rick Lawson, Bob Price, Bill Liotis, these guys. They're, they're, always, they're always like, rip it down. Let's go. Let's get going. And, and, and that's good. I need that. I'm the guy that's good after we rip it down. But getting started, i got to plan it out. Do we have enough money? Is this figured out? Is this right? That's right. And so I, I really, this has really helped me in life. This has really helped me in my later years is move forward. And, and I tell my grandkids, if I, I, I haven't seen them for a while. Um, you know, uh, there's some people who have been sick up there, so you know how that goes. So Grandpa hasn't been up there. Uh, 
But when you get, if I get them together, I have 13 of them, and I always give them, you know, I always give them lectures. They got to hear me preach to them. Yeah, I say, okay, what's guaranteed failure? And they all say, do nothing. I say, you want to fail? Here's how we fail. How do we fail, kids? Do nothing, Pap. Okay, we, you got it. All right. And so my point is, do something, right? So, so Goliath starts mocking David and God. He says, nothing, in, and, and there's nothing in David that struck fear in Goliath at all. He says, am I a dog? I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. You know, we read. Now, here's what David says. This, this is unbelievable. In verses 45 and 47, Dave replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Now, when I was a little kid, this fired me up. I used to hang around with kids five years older than me. And uh, we, they, we always played football, you know, and baseball. But this, I remember it was football. And I, I remember saying, I, I used to, t- I took this too literal. We would play against other communities. And I'd get in the huddle and say, they're going to hell. They do not love God. Give me the ball. <laughs> And, 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 and I did this all the time. And, and, and then the kid would be running the ball, and I would put my head. I was just a little kid. I just had so much inspiration. <laughs> I remember my one buddy, he's a Vietnam vet now. He, he, he'd come to me. He used to take me around and mentor me. He'd say, Jim, I understand you love God. He said, this got to stop. This is crazy. You know? and, but, you know, that's not all bad, though. You know, then you have to learn that that's a little crazy, but you have to, there's got to be something to fire you up. Is it going to be the coach? Is it going to be the drug addict, the teacher? Come on. It's got to be God. And so that's why we have church, you know, and that's, and that's why I listen. Ooh, man, get your kids at church. Mm. That's going to be another sermon, Ken, but no, 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 no. Ooh, okay, David runs toward, and then at the end here, David runs toward Goliath. Gee, that's just unbelievable. And then he kills him, cuts off his head, and boy, that's encouraging, you know. <laughs> cuts off, it's encouraging. Uh, 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 but I mean, you can imagine as a little boy, I mean, I, mean, I mean, I think it's us as big boys. That's exciting, isn't it, in this crazy world? Now, the moral of the story, the moral of the story is, okay, Goliath represents your depression and your fears. Uh, so David, he banishes his fears. David attacks, he attacks the fears. He, he believes the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And, uh, but, you know, if, I, if we would lay that on you, you know, you'd walk out of here like, oh, yeah, right. You don't live with the person I live with. <laughs> or, or, my, you don't know my boss. Or you don't know my kids. And so you, you, you can't, this, this, is not, this is not what this is about. That's very shallow. Goliath represents the world. High self-esteem, man. You banish your fear. You banish your, your defeat. You attack. If I was listening to a pastor. He, he looked online at the University of Florida, the counseling center, under, the, the, under fear. It says, you relax and visualize doing it successfully. Then you enjoy the feeling of mastery. 
And then eventually you will become confident. Now, that's crazy, okay? Now, now the world, you know, there is courage. Uh, some of you are firefighters, you know. Uh, my neighbor's house caught on fire. My, Josh said, Dad, the house is the neighbor's. And I said, oh, so I grabbed a hose, you know. This is a, this is a true story. I ran on the, I, I crawled on the floor. I got about 50 feet. No, I, I got about 20 feet. I almost died. I come back. I, like, sucked in some good, clean air. I grabbed the hose again, and I went about 15 feet and almost died. And then the fire company came. I'll never forget the guy that had his uniform, his, you know, his stuff on, and he's, he's shaking, he's sweating, and I grabbed the oxygen. Is that right, Jeff? Oxygen? Is that what they yeah. And I hooked it up to him, and, and I looked him in the eye, and I'll never forget that kid walked right in that fire, man. And so that's courage. That's courage. Um, there's a, there's a, a lady named Edith Evans. Uh, there's a plaque for her in the Grace Episcopal Church in New York. She was one of four first-class passengers on the Titanic, who gave her seat up for a poor lady with children. And uh, that's courage. Now, what's our real need? Our real need is something that will help you and me to do the right thing despite our fears. You know, Kenny's been talking about Esther. She had the courage to go talk to the king, right? Ruth, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had the uh, courage to go in that furnace. And then Daniel had the courage to go in the lion's den. Now, let me, let me I, this is so helpful to me, guys especially. If you try to be David, it won't work. In fact, now here's a heavy statement, you will become Goliath. You know, I'm going to do this real quick. You know, some guys, they kind of do their thing. Most men do stupid like junior high or high school, right? And then they, they mature. I was a late bloomer. I, I like, did my stupid in college. When I went to college, I, I was studying, but I found the weight room and the gym. And then I, I became like Robin Hood. I, I'm going to fix the bad things. And I, I tried to become like David. I see injustice at nighttime. They got a visit. And then pretty soon it, uh, it, it got a little bit ugly. Uh, the, the police got involved in one big game, and they said, I was kind of smart that I kept it away from getting in jail. I used to do it like through sports. So we used to play the cops, and them cops hated me, man. So one day, they land up a big game. And uh, I'll never forget, it was in Beaver Falls, and I said, you know, those cops were saying, you're going to die tonight, brother. And I was like, oh, yeah, bring it on. And so in comes this big Goliath. I was like, uh-oh. And then, and then that's another story. It, it, it didn't end pretty. But let me say this. My brother came up to me later, and he said, we're sick of you. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He said, every time we play with you, all we do is fight. And so what happens? Here's what happens. Now, that happens in, in different areas of life. You, you become Goliath. You, you, you just can't do it. It's, it's without God. There's no power. You know, it's a human stupidity. Now, I've got, I got a role here. Uh, who are we in the story? Here's who we are. We are the scared Israelites. I'm going to speak for myself. I'd be scared. I think you would be too. Now, what does scared people need? They need a Savior. 
They need a champion. They need a deliverer. And listen, what's cool is, whatever the champion does, it's imputed to us. What David won, it was our win, or the Israelites' win. Christ, the Bible says, is our advocate. If a lawyer wins for you, you win. Now, God does not give us examples. He does not give us uh, inspiration. He does not emulate. God is all about substitution and imputation. I substitute and I impute into you everything I, that I want on that cross. This is so cool. David did not say, take off your armor, grab a slingshot, follow me. Uh, and he did not. He fought as the people, not for the people. You know, in life there's a lot of nightmares. We lose love, we lose wealth, we lose health. But the greatest nightmare of all is alienation from almighty creator God. That's what's called hell. Now, when we have that, we have ultimate poverty, uh, ultimate loneliness, and ultimate death. And uh, the greatest champion, as you know, is Jesus Christ. He laid, he, God laid on Christ all our iniquity. He paid the price on the cross. If you believe it, all, all that is Christ is imputed to you and me. Now, because of that, we can get courage. And here's where the courage comes from. It's not the absence of fear. It's not self-confidence. It's what Psalms 30, verse 5 says. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Listen, with a Christian who gives his life to Christ, if you believe in what Christ has done for you, joy is coming. Now, let's prove that. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And Hebrews 11 is the, the hall of faith of all these Christians. A lot of them, David's in there, and a lot of them did miracles, come back to life. But there's a lot of them that were killed and were sawed in half. They were murdered. And then comes to Romans, or excuse me, Hebrews 12, and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd, huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Christ. Now, that, everybody quotes that. Oh, that's nice. Keep our eyes on Christ. The champion, the NLT says, who initiates your faith. Listen, he initiated your faith. Now, here's what guys mess up and perfects our faith. That's why we have the Holy Spirit in us. He's perfecting us. If you commute, so that's why when we talk about practice his presence, practice talking to him all day. And everything. You talk to him. He's perfecting your faith. Not the coach, not your boss, not your 401k. It's the Holy Spirit is in you. You practice communicating with him. And as you go through life, Lord help me. He's perfecting your faith. Now, because of the joy awaiting Christ, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Now, Jesus is scared. We know that. He sweat, what, drops of blood. But because of the joy of his father, he endured it. Now, that fires me up. Now, the trouble is, I forget it uh, too much. You know, we go through day, and I go back to being Goliath. Especially if you put me in front of a car salesman. You know what I mean. And so, and, and so uh, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Make Jesus your champion today. I don't even walk in them places anymore. I don't, I don't do it. Okay. Now, here, here's what we're trying to do. The church's responsibility is this. It's not, you know, this is good. You know, I always say this, and this is me, not Kenny. We're, we're not selling heaven. 
We're not pushing heaven. Oh, that's okay. We're pushing Christ. We're pushing Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.9, I quote this every day, almost every day. No eye has heard, no, excuse me, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. Oh, I love that verse. I quote it all the time. You know, um, counterfeit courage, self-assertion, self-confidence, banish your fears. True courage, self-forgetfulness, be able to forget what's behind because we know that the joy is on the way. No matter what happens, which will enable us to do what is right despite our fears. Please make Christ your champion today. I ask you, I beg you, please make Christ your champion today. I know there's some little kids listening online. Little, little guys, today, ask Christ to come into your life. Just say, Lord, I realize I, uh, that you are my Savior. I am a sinner. Please come into my life and do for me what David did for the Israelites. Be my Savior. Be my champion. And listen, uh, the only real work, here's the only real work. There's no work. Now, the guys, I'm a recovering workaholic. That's a term I come up with. So those that I like to get in a, cor- get in a room with guys that, that disagree with me here. It doesn't require work. The only work it requires is keeping your eye on Christ. That takes, that's a job. You know, when I, when I, when I, <laughs> when I was coming down 43, it's the, the demons attack. What are you doing up in front of that church? You, you sinner, you, I know what you did last week. I have to fight the demons, man. And it's like, listen, I am forgiven. <laughs> am forgiven and I can move forward in Christ because of what he did on the cross that's how I can move forward it's not because of my coach it's not because of my record it's not because of what people say about me it's about what he says and that's why he's my champion uh, listen and I want to encourage you this I want to encourage you begin now I know people we talk about praying and I, you can't pray every second Listen, you know, there's some days at Walmart I should be praying. I want to do some killing, you know. And so, and so you, have to, you, have to enjoy, you have to enjoy God's presence. We have to learn this. It's work, but it's, it's really exciting. Um, how, how do you do this? You pray to God. You say, Lord, help me to love you. Help me to see people around me that need you. Help me to be you today, Christ. Please help me. When I cut grass, it's the greatest time. Because you could cut grass and, and just say, Lord, I, oh God, I don't deserve heaven and you died on a cross for me. I don't deserve it, but my neighbors need Christ. I, 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 they don't, I don't deserve this. Would you somehow use me to say something to that neighbor? I can't figure it out. Help me. My kids, I... This is crazy. I've read every book about how to be a good dad. Please help me, Lord. That didn't work. And I, I just need help. Help me. And, uh, it, and here's the biggest one. Change my heart. Hey, come on. You need change. We all do. Hey, let, me, let me talk to your wife. Talk to my wife. Holy cow. And so whatever you do, just, go, just keep talking to God. Listen if, listen, if a man doesn't humble himself... You're done growing in God. You have to humble yourself before God. And I hate it. Sometimes I'd like to knock the dude out, but that ain't the way God says do it. 
That's David's way and Goliath's way, you know. Listen, read the Bible looking for your champion. Don't make it about you. Develop tools to fight the giants. Now, God already killed the big giant. Sin, the law, death. Kenny's going to speak in the next few weeks about the little giants. Now, they're big guys. I know that. Criticism, hardships, suffering, disappointment, failures. Those are the little giants in the big picture of things. But they're big guys. I understand that. You know, Chuck Green, a great teacher in our church, said this a couple years ago. I really love this. He said the Christian life is like, um, it's like a Steeler game. And, you know, I'm a sports diseased knucklehead, okay? And so I, I, I don't watch the Steelers. I cut grass. If there's no grass, I still cut it. I, don't, I can't watch them. You know, I mean, I got so many ideas. And I, if I got, well, I can't get started on that. But the thing to do is like this. You DVR it. Then after the game, you find out if they won. Then you watch it. You know what's cool? I told, I told the group last night, I get Gatorade, and I just learned you put diet, diet ginger ale in it. Oh, perfect. Okay? And then, see, every dumb play they make, I mean, according to me, who's perfect, you know, it, it don't matter. It don't matter because I know who won. Now, get this. In the Bible, guess who wins? It's already one man. It's done. The victory's done. The victory's done. I'm going to say, ah, I'm going to say one little thing and I'll close. You guys, you guys, you guys know Debbie was really sick. We were in the hospital and they, they these, I can't do this next service because I think my kids will be here. They, I don't even know if my kids know this. They code blue did her. Code blue, is that what that is? And I'm holding her. And I mean, all the doctors are running. I mean, stuff's everywhere. I mean, everything in your body comes out. And I'm holding her, and it's like, doctors, are like flying around. One of my daughters is having a heart attack. And it's like, here's the only thing that kept me going. <clears throat> He's my champion, and he promises Joy is coming. Now, she didn't have to live. I can deal with that. But I know where she would be. Now she's alive. She's driving me nuts. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking for a shed to live in. because I. Can... <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, hey, we're going to close in a word of prayer. But let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. The guy, if you're here and you've never made Christ your champion, you've never accepted Christ, I know we say those Christian words. All that means is this. You know, when I talk to men about Christ, I'll say, hey, if you were to die tonight and you were to stand before God, what would you say, um, how, why should God let you into heaven? And almost every man says, I, I'm trying to be a good man. I, I go to church, or, and those are, that's the wrong answer. Every guy says it. Every, I love talking about the guys. But, and the answer is this. So you're trusting in you. The answer is, I, I repent. I turn on trusting on that you. And I turn to God and what he did on the cross. It's that simple. And if you believe that, you can begin a relationship with, because God gives you immediately that Holy Spirit in you, and you can work together to grow. Uh, little kids at home, it's, it's that simple. 
So we're going to close in a word of prayer. And, th- and then one more thing. Those of you who are saved and you're struggling with this thing, you're trying to be David and trying to be Goliath, uh, just give up and say, Lord, <laughs> I need you. And your Holy Spirit's in me. Forgive me. Help me to develop that relationship with you that I've let slide. And you know what? Jesus says, finally, I've been here the whole time. That's what I can't figure out. I mean, I, I'll be in the car and almost break down in tears. When I know I screw it up and God still blesses me, it's the greatest motivator in the world. Not money, the motivational speaker. It's his love, what he did for me. And he keeps loving, <clears throat> loving. That motivates. And, I'm, I, and that's what we as men owe our kids and our grandkids. They got to know that, man. They got to know that. Not, not some coach. Nobody loves that stuff more than me. Nobody. It did. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Dear God, I love you so much. We love our, our people here. And uh, we ask your forgiveness for we're a little slow in getting it sometimes. But we appreciate the fact that you are a champion. We thank you, our Savior, our Deliverer. And help us, God, to, if we have never done this, help us to give our lives to you. If those of us have, and we've just, we just need to renew that, that friendship with that spirit that lives within us, help us. Teach us, God. And, and most of all, I can't, we just can't get over the love that what you did for us. And you continue to love us. Thank you, in the name I ask it. Amen. All right, Ken. Amen. Can we thank God for Pastor Jim this morning? Amen. kind of enjoyed church more than I have in a long time today, didn't you? Jim, you're on next week again. Yeah. Jim, I'll see you in September, all right? I'll be back in September. Hey, God bless you. We want to thank you for joining online. Thank you for joining us here today. Um, Jim, you're going to have to get on the porch. Everybody's going to want to give you a COVID hug out there. So, no, don't touch Jim, actually, please, all right? Um, We want to encourage you as we dismiss. Again, let's dismiss from the back of the auditorium out. And if we could uh, move our fellowship to outside or in the foyer so that they can prepare the auditorium for the next gathering. So God bless you, and let's praise the Lord as we leave. Amen? God bless. dark room in silence fuel imagination tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name